This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Aetherite Radio, Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I'm Fusion X. Joining us today, we've got a full house. We've got Zanidra. We've got Aldino. We've got Rook. And joining us today, we have Angelus joining us. Uh, if you don't know about Angelus, they recently did a deep dungeon run during uh, Awesome Games Done Quick last month. If you don't know about Games Done Quick, it is a speed run uh, event, I guess. I mean, they, they do yeah. things all year yeah. round, right? Uh, yeah. But If you don't know uh, about Games Done Quick, where have you been? Do you, what do planet you even, have you been do living you even on? video game? <laughs> you don't know about GDQ? <laughs> um, really cool speedrun community. Um, they do a bunch of big events throughout the year, raising money for amazing causes. Make sure to check them out. We actually, I have a command. Let me, let me, GDQ. And that'll link you to the clip of Ad- Angelus's run. Um, <laughs> that one works. But go, go check. Yeah, I, I, I goofed Moobot for, for people coming <laughs> in. Like, it's funny, like, you're looking at the, the VOD, you just see me yelling at Moobot like that even <laughs> thing. Um, but anyway, we're fine. Everything's fine. Um, it's fine. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> so, Angels, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for, for taking you. the time to join us today. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, go ahead. Tell us real quick. Introduce yourself. Um, what you do. How long you've been doing it. Uh, I'm Angelus Zinimus. I, I do a lot of Deep Dungeon solo on Twitch. I've been doing it probably. Well, I've been doing it on Twitch for probably like four years. Um, I've been doing probably since the release of Palace, but I didn't stream it when, when it first came out like six years ago. Uh, but I predominantly do solo and kind of do a lot of guides and try to help people through the content as well. Um, so that's the that's the gist of what I do on my end of content. Cool. It's awesome. I also just realized that we're headphone buddies. Yes, we like, are. Like, same hat, same hat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are. Excited. No, I mean, your content is amazing, and the way that you have... I think showcased this type mm-hmm. of content in Deep Dungeons has been such an amazing asset to the community. So we're so excited to get to talk to you about even the ways that you're bringing that to bigger communities like Games Done Quick so that people can see that there is content and there is mm-hmm. stuff that can be done that's speedrunning adjacent or is just straight up speedrunning within Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be our, our big topic. First, though, we do have some news that we need to get into. Um, I don't know if anybody else heard, uh, details for FanFest tickets were announced. Did anybody else see that? No, what? No, really? We should talk about that. (laughs) Um, all right. So here's, here's, here's how it's going to work, everybody. (sighs) Tickets are $199 plus taxes. US dollars, yep. Yeah, that is more than last time. That's 50 bucks more than last time. Um, you can only buy two Mm-hmm. So if you're like, I'm gonna buy some for like my my free company or my static. No, you're not. You're gonna buy one for you, and and one for somebody else. Yep. Probably, preferably your spouse if you have one. They would probably appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> um, Maybe a prospective spouse. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, if somebody was like, I got you a fan fest ticket, I'd be like, thank you, marry me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, if, I mean, if, if you're really up if, one of my OTPs. If you're really <laughs> if you're really smitten with somebody and you want to try and win them over more, hey, you want to go to FanFest? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can recommend it. <laughs> but shoot your shot. Go for it. I mean, you know, if, if you if you feel like it's the right thing to do, uh-huh. go for it, you know? 
Um, so this is how this is going to work. Um, this is going to be new to a lot of people for North America. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been standard for Japan for years and years and years. They are going to do a lottery drawing. Um, so how this is going to work, you need an active sub... Uh, with an active uh, NA service, you know, NA, NA service account, right? You need to be an NA mm-hmm. player that is currently playing. Um, and there is a form that you can go in and fill out um, mm-hmm. right now. Starting right now. Yeah. Started started yesterday. Today's a Saturday. It's going until next Saturday, February 25th. So you have this week to get your yep. application in. So don't wait. Like, get, yeah. it in. get it in right now. Like, open up another tab. Go do it. Why you listen to us talk about it? Um, so they'll have that. The drawing will happen. Um, if if there are tickets left, there will be a general sale, uh, and that's going to be uh, March sixth, um, between March sixth and March thirteenth. Um, yeah, I would be very surprised if that happened, but yeah. Um, <laughs> If, if you want to get in, yeah. you know, enter the drawing and and cross your fingers for that that good RNG. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it both ways. There's a lot of people who are like 199 is a bit steep or don't want to get into the lottery anyway. So definitely check the the general sale, but yeah, it's not likely. I it's, guess I don't know. It's yeah. one of those things. Like, I'm not un- understanding with like FanFest always operates at a loss. For any any big company that hosts an event like this, right? This year it's going to be just like it was supposed to be a few years ago. This is going to be the biggest one they've had in NA. Um, this is going to be at mm-hmm. the LA Convention Center, which probably costs a little more to rent out than like the ballroom, like two ballrooms in uh, the Rio in Las Vegas, right? Um, they're expecting more people, so they got to mm-hmm. accommodate for the last one was at the LA one. This one is at the Vegas one. Mm-hmm. LA. It's, it's just what you said. Did I? It doesn't matter. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I meant, I meant, I meant the one that they were in yeah. San Francisco. San, yeah. No, San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Yep. I, I knew this. So. Unimportant details. I, I would have remembered sure people, if I went. Yeah. I just want to make sure that people listening weren't yeah. like, wait, L.A. Hold no, on. That's not no, no. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. L-A-S-S I mean, I. S Vegas. I. I'm so torn on this. I don't. Okay. Let me try and figure out which one of my feelings I want to state first on it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate it, Mm -hmm. right? Because I will say that I think one of the greatest frustrations for me ever as as a human being, which, to be fair, I think things are going pretty good if this is one of my top frustrations. (laughs) but, Mm But one of my greatest frustrations is when you have something like a drop of an special expansion or a limited collector's thing or a convention ticket or whatever it is. And you have to rush at three in the morning to try and get your dumb tickets and the website is crashing nonstop and you can't get in and you don't know if you're going to get tickets and you're like desperately mashing it and you have everybody else with you and you're all trying to get All you want to do is see Taylor Swift. I just, I find, I find that exhausting and so stressful and so anxiety inducing. So in that regard, I think this is better. And I do also think, hey, like... I'm glad that they are doing stuff with, you know, if you are subscribed, if you are a player, you know, you get this little preference period because I I think that's nice too, in theory. There have been some problems with that because like people who largely play on NA, but maybe originally registered Mm -hmm. in EU or things like that, 
literally cannot enter these to be able to do it because it's like region locked. Or if that time frame doesn't work for you for NA, but you wanted to go to the EU or JP one or whatever it was, um, you're unable to do that. So I know why regionally I think they're trying to kind of limit it because they want people in those regions that are available to go and nearby mm -hmm. and that it's accessible to them and that play the game to be able to do it. So again, in theory, I think it all works. And mm -hmm. I am glad to have the time to be able to just be like, oh, hey, okay, yeah, well, we've gotten to the, you know, whatever, and we can go in and we can just say, hey, we'd like to be eligible for this. Um, but at the same time, I think that anytime you leave anything like this up to some kind of random raffle, the anxiety factor is still there, just mm -hmm. like we've seen with housing in the game, just like we've seen with other things, <laughs> yeah. where you're just like, if I just don't get picked for whatever reason, and I've already booked my hotel, which many of us have, and many of the hotels were non-refundable in the mm -hmm. area, like... So, like, if you've already paid a ton of money for a hotel, um, I know with the one that I got, I had to do a full deposit of the cost and <laughs> reserve it, and it's non-refundable. What and the like, hell? I know. Like, it's it's they have blocked it because they know that weekend mm -hmm. is going to be popular, and they want to get as much money as possible. For get people. that nerd money, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's really frustrating when you want to try and plan around that, or if you're a creator and you want to plan around it. So that's yeah. my many thoughts that's, on this. No, one and, and that's, a, that's a, that's a fair point. And I, and I think we brought this up earlier too. I mean, that's, that's the problem when they announce an event like this is they say, Hey, we're going to do it. Here are the dates. And you don't know if you're going to have tickets, but you know that if you do get tickets, you want to be close to the event. Mm -hmm. And it just, that's, it's just, it happens. That's just, you know, it's, it sucks. I know uh, in years prior, I think the, the first, uh, 14 fan fests. Um, I think they ended up making a deal with the hotel for some like special like room blocks or something, mm -hmm. and th those those were gone like in a place immediately. Time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be nice if they could make the announcement and the tickets available within like a week or two of each other, mm. just so you don't end up with that because you know it, it's. It, it sounds funny, but you hear about people. It's like, all right, cool. Got my flight booked. It's like, oh, well, you don't have a ticket why? yet. Well, I guess I'll just walk <laughs> around the strip if I don't get in. It's like, that's going to suck. Like, well, why? okay. So there's like two parts there. I, I definitely had friends being like, did you book your air airfare yet? And I'm like, hell no. No. <laughs> no. I will. I will. Honestly, even if I don't get tickets, I will still probably go because it's freaking Vegas. I love mm -hmm. Vegas. I want to see shows and my friends will be there. So like yeah. even even if I don't get to walk into the Fan Fest building, my friends are going to have to walk out at some point. It's only two days worth of event and it doesn't last all night. And if you're in Vegas, you better be hanging out with me. It's all <laughs> I is three days <laughs> after the event ends. So I will be in Vegas. After the event ends. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. I, I thought Aldino and I intend to spend Vegas. Yeah. Spend Vegas. Spend his birthday in Vegas to spend all of Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Angelus, are you planning on trying to go? I would like to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like a lot of you. I haven't booked anything. No hotels. Mm -hmm. Nothing. But I'm waiting for the tickets. Once the tickets come in, yep. then I'll be like, "Yep, get them I all did ready get to a go." Hotel. I mean, and it is refundable, but I won't oh. be refunding it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the benefit is, I mean, there are, ho like, if you do the bigger hotels in Vegas, you can usually cancel without too much of an issue. Um, mm -hmm. But this time around, uh, the Fan Fest isn't just in one of those hotels. Yeah. It's, it's it, off well, strip a little bit. I, I say off strip, like it hasn't been in the Rio multiple times off the strip. <laughs> sure. um, 
but I mean, the, the benefit here is like the there is a, a monorail in Vegas too that goes right to the mm-hmm. convention center, so you could go yeah. and stay at like Bally's or Paris or something, and then just take the monorail over, which is is nice. Yeah, it's just we gonna both- be very hot. Yeah, we booked a little bit further away. I mean, like five, ten minutes if even. Mm-hmm. I don't even, you know, like I think it's eight minutes from the convention center, but that's technically further away mm-hmm. because the prices were better because we just bought a house or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, did you spend some money recently? <laughs> it's like we spent <laughs> a little expenses. bit of money. But other than like those big hotels were offering refunds, but mm-hmm. many of the other ones that were like outside yeah. of that direct on top of the convention center weren't. So just a little heads up to everybody. Mm-hmm. Double check that, triple check it, look and see, you know, if you're gonna be in desperate dire straits, if you have to do a full on upfront deposit, mm-hmm. like double check that too if you're yeah. booking or if you get these. Um I agree, Fusion, and that I wish that they would give us a little bit more headway on this. <laughs> and yeah. that like, you know, this whole process would start a little bit sooner. Um, but I do think this is a nice way to at least allow people a slightly less infuriating <laughs> experience. Yeah, yeah. Small and, and bit I, of advice yeah. to anybody who is going early or staying late. And you gotta shut up, cat. <laughs> and you gotta uh, <laughs> you gotta hotel near the convention center and just to, to deal with it. It's a shorter walk but more expensive. Stay in a different hotel for those early days. Just switch hotels. Stay in. Yeah. I yeah. like the Luxor. The Luxor is cheap. It looks like a pyramid. That's cool. <laughs> See, I, I, I needed to get a really close hotel because of all the uh-huh. merch I'm going to have to carry. Oh, so yeah. Right. That's very you know, true for you. I don't want to you know, strain my arms too much. Um, <laughs> all right. Another, another thing to consider, too, and I'm surprised they didn't mention this anywhere mm. with this ticket announcement. Uh, there is going to be an f- orchestra concert the day after FanFest. Right. Um, yes. Before we were wondering if maybe they would bundle tickets somehow or if they would link up the two. Uh, We haven't heard anything else about the orchestra concert. So um, I would assume that everybody going to FanFest is going to then also want to try to go to the orchestra concert. But there might be a little bit of an in there where if you couldn't get tickets for FanFest, but Mm -hmm. you're going to be in Vegas anyway or you you know or something, you could also still maybe get tickets for the orchestra concert. Yeah. But again, no, no details on the tickets yeah. for that. Yeah, and watch, you know, watch your favorite streamers and, and you know, where you're kind of in the community because there will be meetups, there will be group things, you know, outside of the convention. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't get a ticket, but you're locked in, there's probably stuff to do. Yeah, it's it's, it's Vegas. Go, Vegas. Go to go yeah. to M&M World. Yeah. <laughs> taste all the all the different M&Ms. Go to the, go the there's the Coke store where you can taste the yeah. Cokes of the world. The very bad go ones. To- yeah. Ooh. Go to a Cirque du Soleil so, uh, show or five. There's like mm-hmm. 12 of them. There's right? a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. 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 So, but this is not the How to Do Fan Fest show. We should do that, though. We should we have should like... Do that. Oh, we should. <laughs> yeah. We'll have all these great ideas, and then we'll land in Vegas in July and be like... It's too hot. Wrong. It's 109 <laughs> Fahrenheit, yeah. This was a mistake. Um, I've done that twice, and I'm <laughs> dumb. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think I mean I think that that pretty much covers everything um, yeah. for FanFest tickets. Enter the lottery if you want to go. Um, again, may the twelve be with you. Yeah, <laughs> limited two tickets. So uh, tell everybody that has even thought about the idea of maybe going uh, to enter. Oh, that's the important time. to note. Mm-hmm. If you enter this raffle, you do not have to buy tickets. So if you enter this particular this initial raffle, you will get an email that says like. Yes, you got in. If you didn't get in, they have stated 
you will not be contacted, period. Mm-hmm. So double check your, you know, your recycling, you know, they double have, check they your They have the email to, to like whitelist yeah. on the actual announcement. So make sure to, to but, check that out and whitelist it. But even if you're going, hey, I'm just thinking about going and I don't know financially if I can yet. Like, I mean, obviously, if you don't think there's any way feasibly mm-hmm. that you can go, don't take the tickets from somebody. If, if you think can, there's a, a you know, like, a snowflake chance in hell, Put in, yeah. Put in go for the lottery. Ahead and enter the raffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or snowflakes chance in Vegas in July. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. We hope to see you there. Hopefully, we'll all get there. I'm sure yeah. we will. Um, also, uh, talking about uh, music, "Death Unto Dawn" soundtrack dropped on uh, all the streaming platforms: Spotify, YouTube mm-hmm. Music, Apple Music. Um, make sure to check that out. There are some great band versions of, you know, Insatiable, yep. Ultima, uh, stuff that they used, uh, you know, done by the Primals on that soundtrack. Um, A lot also, of eight music, uh, Final Fantasy yeah. VIII, because it was Eden. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, Near, right? Like this. This might yeah. low-key mm-hmm. be the best soundtrack. I'm I'm gonna say that because it's Eden, it's near, it's Ultima, it's is um is it's uh, the trials uh, the the, the weapon with, trial with to the edge. Yes, it is the one with to then the yes, edge as well. This, yes. this is yep. the best soundtrack. Then yes, <laughs> it really I is agree. confirmed. I'm fusion, yeah. and I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing's gonna be to the edge for me like ever. It just it's uh, so good multiple reasons um yeah speaking of music uh this past Again. week theater rhythm final bar right lots of music this week theater rhythm mm-hmm. final bar line uh released for nintendo switch and playstation 4 um okay this whoever the developers on this game mm-hmm. like two thumbs up if i had more hands i would stick more thumbs up um mm-hmm. they have the track a long fall in this um there are multiple references to the performance from FanFest. <laughs> in this stage um the spotlights correspond to the dancers uh some of the arrow movements correspond to the the choreography from the onstage performance it's ridiculous and i love it and i just if (laughs) if you haven't checked this out go check it out um it's it's so good (laughs) yeah there's a demo you can't play a long fall in it but you can play other just to see if you like yeah definitely definitely go check it out if you like final fantasy music it's a fun game so um, hey, do you like Final Fantasy? People watching Final Fantasy? It's all right. It's all right. This is okay. No, uh, but there's, there's there's like a whole bunch of different editions and stuff too of it because there's like a whole bunch of DLC. There's like near DLC, Saga DLC, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of stuff. Chrono Cross and Trigger. The, yeah, lots oh. of stuff right now. Oh. Lots of stuff coming down the down the road. So uh, check that out if if you like uh, music rhythm games. And that's it for news. We did it. Yeah. Go into the lottery. Uh, and that's going to take us into our main topic here. Uh, we need to talk about GDQ and Deep Dungeons with our guest, Angelus. Thank you again for joining us. Um, Thank you. Thank you. When, when <laughs> did you start um, doing Deep Dungeon content? And, and, and then specifically on stream? Mm. Uh, literally the moment Palace released in uh, yeah. 2016. Because, <laughs> because I've, always, I've always been interested in soloing like MMO stuff. Like I, I used to play in FF11, then for some reason, I mm-hmm. always just was like, oh, what can I solo in this game for mm. no reason, which made no sense, but I still want to do it anyway. But it was fun. Um, and 11, were you a Red 11, 11 soloing yes. was, was a uh, beast. You're Red Mage. Red Mage. <laughs> red Mage, Ninja, yeah, would, yep. Blue Mage, all, all those, yeah. Yep, I was um, Red Mage main. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was just, it was just from the patch notes. The patch notes said you could go in solo, and the patch notes also had, like, it had a ranking system. So I'm like, oh, that 
sounds great. Let me just mm-hmm. try to do this. And um, and even even from the very beginning, they had the ranking system. So it was like, I get my name on the board, and then it's like, oh, cool. Let's just see about trying to get all the other jobs like slowly but surely. So that's really what drew me into the content. And then streaming it came later, I think. Well, it wasn't like the the title didn't show up till Stormblood, even though it got released in Heaven's Word, and it was it was mm-hmm. in conjunction with the Red Mage release in, in Stormblood. So I think that was when I started to push out more like, okay, let's try to go for like all the way to the end to 200. And that was also in conjunction with, well, if I wanted to do this and get the title, I probably would have to have some type of evidence that I did it. So that's mm-hmm. why I started recording it and eventually streaming it and all that. So yeah, it started around there. That's when I started doing doing the content and streaming the content. Nice. And now, and you said you, you played 11. So how did you get into 14? Was it just kind of a natural like, oh, it's the next one. Like, of course, I'll try it and, and see how it goes or... Yeah, kind of. Um, so I was kind of interested in the 1.0 release, but mm-hmm. I did not have a computer at the time that could play it. Like it, I was yeah. on a laptop, so there's no way I could yeah. even try. But I was debating it with like my my 11 crew and, and all that stuff that we wanted to look into it. But no one like took it seriously. I think one of my one of my friends took it seriously. Um, but then when 2.0 was happening, that was more of the actual like, okay, we had the demo and we had the beta and we're trying it out and all seemed to work. So we kind of migrated a lot of my old friends. Into the game, so yeah, it was like kind of the natural progression of from eleven into fourteen, and I had stopped eleven for like maybe about a year mm. before fourteen came out two point and then just like went into fourteen after that. Nice. Were um, you doing other stuff in fourteen before you uh, delved into deep dungeon? Were you like raiding or anything? No, actually PvP more. Um, mm. I did PvP in in when it first released, uh, I was kind of into Feast and when Seal yeah. came in. So I was like kind of really getting into PvP at the time. Um, and I did a lot of the, the, the Feast stuff when it was released. So that yeah. was that. And then I kind of started going halvesies and then eventually kind of shifted over more into Deep Dungeon. Nice. Halvesies. <laughs> so I know, like, obviously we have the, the ranking system in Deep Dungeon. That was a huge draw for you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of like favorite memories when you started out with, with Deep yeah. Dungeon? Maybe like looking back right like some some funny slip-ups or you know things you learned early on that helped you i think like going back to the first progression when you're trying to get the title for the first time i mean first of mm-hmm. all there was like really nothing to really reference like there was no one to really go to no real information to go right. so we were kind of kind of just figuring out on our own so there was just a lot of things that just happened that would just like kill you or just you just <laughs> encounter that you're just like oh well okay i guess i'll just have to remember this next time I mean, like the one that like people always die to the slimes in palace because they explode after a certain time. Yeah, yeah. The, the, tra- the traps on the walls and like certain enemies with like just silly enrages because because palace really did feel like it was meant for multiple people, not really for solo. So mm. a lot of that felt like it was designed to kind of challenge if you kind of slipped up as a four man. So then now having to deal with it by yourself, it's like okay, well you're probably encountering all of these weird mechanics, and you just have to either be ready for it or. That would just delete them fast enough or something like that. So trying to learn that, then go back in, spend another like X amount of hours to get back to that point, and then learn something new, and then die, and then go back. That was a lot of the the frustration of the progression. But it was all building the knowledge, you know. And over time, you kind of just got more knowledge, more knowledge, more more knowledge, and then seeing how it is right now with how much there is in the in the game mode, it's it's pretty insane. But it's kind of cool to be able to just put that all into into display and just like go to the bank of, of information, just use it to get those clears. Right. You know, people you talk say... about... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> did, you, did you say traps on the walls? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
traps on the walls. Well, the lower floors are a little notorious because there's a there's a lot of floors that can kind of breeze through because a lot enemies are a lot easier. But there are mm. literal traps that are like even if you we tell you to hug the walls to avoid the traps, but there are oh, walls so that are like right on the on the walls. So even if okay. you're like okay, I thought like, you meant like on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Zanidra's like when it released, <laughs> they had traps on the wall. Because <laughs> well, yeah, I I mean I I've not done it nearly as thoroughly as you. I did make it all the way to the top or bottom, I guess. But yeah. I was like. There were traps on the walls the whole time. How did I not get murdered? Man, I'm so good. I never saw those. <laughs> <laughs> Their floor traps are yeah. just on the wall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I'm right at the very corner. Did you ever have a moment early on? Because hearing you talk about that, right, where you were like, they said you could do it for as a solo run. But as, you know, people were getting into it, you could obviously kind of tell maybe it had been balanced towards the team and like a group going in. Did you ever have a moment or did the community have a moment early on where people were convinced, like, I actually don't think you can solo this? Yes. <laughs> I, I actually straight up, I, I, I always say this, but I straight up rage quit at a, at a palace like early on. Oh. And like, because it was interesting because I was, like I mentioned, I was doing PvP. So I think it was like season two or three of Feast and I was getting like pretty good with the rankings. So it was like, I had to pick one. Like, do I commit to PvP? Do I commit mm. to this? So... I just spent my time into PvP trying to get up to ten, top 10, which means I had no time for the deep dungeon. But it was at the time when no one had to clear. So a lot of us, or not a lot of us, there weren't very many people trying, but you were chasing essentially something that was impossible because no one had done it. So it was like, you know, do I keep banging my head against this wall? Can it really be done? Do we have to adjust it at some point to make it happen? Um, and I don't know how long it was that I like kind of quit, if you will, and then, and then mm. the first clear came around. But... But yeah, it was it was it was really frustrating. But then after that first clear came in, then it was like, okay, well, someone did it, so it must be mm -hmm. doable. And then kind of gradually came back into it. Um, I mean, I I had actually gotten Heaven on High first before I came back to Palace later on, which mm -hmm. gave me a lot more confidence into it. But but yeah, yeah, I definitely did have that super frustration of the game mode um, until just I just got better essentially. Is mm -hmm. there what 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 made you after that? come back into it was it seeing somebody clear that was like okay now it is possible and then you jumped back in or was what was the moment that made you go back into deep dungeon i would say i think opportunity i think the timing mm. opportunity came in because like it was i can't really remember the the dates etc mm -hmm. but basically like heaven on high come out um and i was kind of done a little bit with pvp so i'd done all the things i wanted to so it's kind of just like i didn't want to do it as much so heaven on high release i was really excited about that i went really hard with that one and then i got that clear and i think that confidence rolled over into into mm -hmm. palace and already knowing that a couple people had gotten palace clears and everything it, it was just like it was like time to come back to, to put the time back into it <laughs> And see how I do into Palace. And that's when, and and I think on top of wanting to go back and then seeing the results of coming back, how I was like struggling to get through like 181, and then coming back after Heaven on High and just getting up to like 190 every single time. It's like, mm. wow, okay, well, I guess I just had to just get better at the game mode, and then eventually got the clear pretty pretty quickly actually after that. So. As as you were doing the the climbs, I'm curious. Like, is there like one thing or like one mechanic or one enemy type that you were kind of stuck on for a little bit that like you just really remember? Like, once you finally like figured it out, that kind of like sticks in your mind. For for Palace, when I was first progressing, it was that 181 set to 190 that was just mm. very hard because it felt and and, and actually it was so funny because one of my community pulled up an old forum post from uh, the Square Next forums that I made complaining about. 
like, oh, this thing is just really hard. You guys should like consider these adjustments and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it was like the chest RNG was tough. Like everything was. It, it was mostly just the RNG and some of the enemies like were like, oh, they had enrages. So like you know, um, and then that was like the problem that I was having. And then eventually, when I was going through heaven on high. I remember one of the important prog points I had, which for Red Mage, was to kill one of the harder enemies, which was the Mimic, like without a steal at the really high floors. And I felt like mm. if I got that down with Red Mage, then that would allow me to mitigate the uses of my of my power ups and everything, so I can get further with more power ups. And that lesson kind of carried over into Palace. And then once I went to Palace, it was like, oh yeah, if I could just like take more palms from before and then bring them up higher and not use as much, then it made mm-hmm. the whole experience easier. And then that's where that progression came into play, and also with the consistency um, going up. So I would say that was the biggest adjustment that I made over time, and still kind of making it even up till now, how to mitigate using Poemanders and just getting through without using as much, so I have more when it's on to the harder floors. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that that's cool that you can kind of take things learned from one and take them into the other. Is there, between uh, Palace of the Dead and Heaven on High, are there, what are the unique challenges to each mm. of those? that maybe don't kind of carry over skill-wise? Um, I think the biggest, the, the 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 one at the forefront is just Behemoth exists in Palace, and it doesn't yeah. exist in Heaven of High. Um, and having to do a DPS check on a boss is just kind of crazy. I mean, I think even, <laughs> even in the very beginning, that was just, like, insane. And I think over time, you just had people in the community, especially just just try so many things out before they finally figured it out, and then it just became, like, a possibility. And I think even with this content, especially, if you just get one person to prove that it's possible, that really opens the floodgates to people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Let me let me actually spend fifty times doing this because you know what? Someone at least did it once. You know? Yeah. Um. And and Heaven on High not having a DPS check helped because then the challenge was a little bit different. I mean, in, in Heaven on High, you have to deal with the enemies just hitting you so much harder than Palace. Um. Mm-hmm. There is a big difference between the two of them. Um. But it becomes more on, po- on Poemander management um, of how to get through and how to survive those harder enemies. And then, of course, the, the floor uh, difference between the two of them, how I mean, Palace yeah. is so long with, with the 200. <laughs> yeah. And Heaven on High, you could, I mean, if you're, if you're kind of even semi-hardcore or want to do like just hard time, you could do that in one day um, pretty well. Just mm. 1 to 100 straight shot one day, where Palace is, you could, but you know, I don't know if you really want to do it in one day. <laughs> but... Yeah, it, it helps a lot. People people in the community feel just so much better with Heaven on High because they feel like, okay, I can just keep going at it and not feel like bogged down mm. by kind of the floors being boring, if you will. Right. It's Heaven on High. It is so interesting because I think those changes were really good, mm-hmm. right? I, I think so many people have felt like it's more accessible and yet you still get good difficulty. I don't know if you right. feel the same, right? But it always felt to me like while the length of Palace is definitely a gauntlet in and of itself, I didn't always feel like it was necessary for you still to have the amount of fun or like the challenge mm-hmm. and that even condensing the floors was still fine as long as you know you had a similar range of challenge i don't know if you feel the same or if you feel like no actually it is way easier in heaven because of that shift in in design but um i i mean to me it, it always felt like they still offered unique challenges but that it was just a lot less frustrating to try and get through heaven on high yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, time obviously helps. Um, I think I think Heaven on High really was designed a little bit more solo-oriented um, mm-hmm. than obviously Palace was. I think Palace was just like, you know, oh, you can, by the way, you can solo it. Yeah. Um, 
But then Heaven on High, I think they probably saw at the time they put in this challenge, they put in the, the title and everything, and they took that into consideration making Heaven on High. Because I think at the time Heaven on High released, you had like two necromancers in the whole world. Mm-hmm. So they probably were like, yeah, maybe we should like tone it down a little bit, you know, make all these. And, and, and I don't know like how the devs would consider it, but you had like interesting adjustments in Heaven on High. Like you had the Pomander Conceal, which is tremendous for really all, everyone being able to just like walk through a treasure room of enemies to get to the mm-hmm. exit where. If you're in Palace, you had a treasure room on the exit. You had to clear everything out. Like you had no choice. You had to kill right. everything. Um, you had an exorbitant amount of proximity aggros in Palace. Like just just getting through enemies were annoying. But in Heaven and I, like a vast majority of them are, are all side aggro. Um, mm. And and the fact that you had like uh, the the rooms are more structured too, so you didn't have like the the weirder traps. Like we were just mentioning, like like traps on the corners and the walls and everything. They, they're not as prominent in the higher floors of Heaven and High. So you, you felt like there was some type of quality of life that was put mm-hmm. into heaven on high with the experience but a lot of times like even even the people running palace i mean what i try to tell people like you could enjoy palace through the lower floors if like you try to like aim for scoring and stuff like that because that gives mm-hmm. it a further challenge or uh just just the fact that everyone has to do it like like you know there's no shortcut like you want the title you have to do it from the from the start and you're not the only one kind of thing mm-hmm. um but yeah heaven on high certainly felt just a little bit just a quality of life improvement but i think it's still nice that palace is just hasn't changed really in, in like six years it's really right. the same since the very beginning mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of nice i imagine I had, uh, go, go ahead, ahead then. no 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 you okay I, I was just gonna say i imagine um just from statistics of who used deep dungeon like it was very very popular for leveling and probably still is uh at expansion drops yeah. But the more and more we get away from that uh, level area being mm-hmm. where we start, the the less and less use it's going to see. So I think um, that maybe was, and, and tell me what you think, obviously, uh, maybe it was some of the inspiration for them making Heaven on High more towards soloing, because those are the people who are going to keep doing Deep yeah, Dungeon keep and Heaven alive. on High and that thing. Yeah, those are the people who are going to use the content forever. You know, it's interesting. If you put it in the mindset of Heaven on High, I wonder if that was what they were thinking. Because, mm-hmm. like, as I mentioned, there was there was only two Necromancers at the time. So I don't know if they were thinking, like, oh, mm-hmm. like, this will be something that can have the longevity that it has and everything. Um, so it makes me wonder if that was, like, kind of their, their, their underlying plan of, of action of this thing. Because it really started to kick more into, like, I would say, what, 2000, the end of 2019, 2020, when people, more people started to really engage into the solo content and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did not have anything other than Red Mage clearing either of the two for the longest mm-hmm. time, and only very slowly did you start seeing the other jobs. And Shadowbringers kind of helped with that a little bit, especially with the tanks, with the adjustments to the tanks. That, that mm-hmm. really helped some of that changes. Um, but as you saw people just trying to push this challenge and proving that there was a clear on the board and everything, people again started to believe, okay, well, there's a gunbreaker clear. Let's try to let's everyone try to just try to push out gunbreaker. And as more videos came in, I think the belief kicked in and, and you started to see that. But I, I, I just don't know if that was like the original thought mm-hmm. and design that people would do that. Even the scoring system that the, the community had cracked in like I think the end of two thousand either the like somewhere around two thousand twenty that they cracked the whole entire scoring system and even up till now people are still trying trying to optimize it. Like I don't know if they thought people would end up doing that because mm. it is very intricate uh with, with what's in the in, in the in, in how it all works and how to get it to work out. But I don't know if that was the intention of, of what they wanted the community to do. But mm. it's been cool to see what people have been pushing. And even up till now you're starting to see a lot more um 
doing like speedrun type things, just making up their own speedrun category and just right. trying to go fast. So it's it's really cool to see mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's always really cool to see the difference between like when when any content in any game drops what the devs intended for it and then what the community actually does with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my yeah, god, yeah, Eureka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Especially like Eureka. Um, it's so interesting to hear this though because I mean, it it makes absolute sense to me, right? Like, mm-hmm. Angels, you're talking about the fact that even back to 11, you loved solo content and mm-hmm. you played classes that would allow you to do that. And that was an actual thing that many people did in 11 for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And as we have seen this shift, like you were mentioning, in recent years, much more recently, mm-hmm. to this idea of how do we continue to expand MMOs to an ever-growing audience? Hey, well, why don't we try to appeal to maybe those who were always excluded from the interest of MMOs, at least on paper, you know? Mm-hmm. Those who want something or want content or want a way to navigate these games that is closer to a single-player experience and then that allows them to engage with MMO capabilities on their own terms and like mm-hmm. in a way that they might want or not want. And so having this kind of content and having it be something that appeals to that, even if they didn't intend it, because I I right. agree, I feel like maybe it surprised them in a sense, but then as they have like continued to grow their facets and you know development um, focuses in the game, I think it has become something that they probably think about really actively, like, oh, wow, yeah, look at how this has caught attention. But mm-hmm. when you were saying that there had only been like two necromancers, up to heaven on highest release. I didn't know that. I yes. assumed I was like, oh, this has been in the game forever. So there's got to be like hundreds of necromancers. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> wild because now we have quite a few more, right? Yeah, we are probably sitting in in the thousands now. But even yeah. then, that's still like relatively small. Yeah. Um, I mean, so so heaven on high released in 2018. So we had two by then. That like two or three, I'd say like two, three, maybe a safe number would be five. But like Ballast was released in 2016. That's two years. Like the first yeah. clear was in 2018, March of, of, of that. So it took a long time for people to finally figure this out. And even then, like, so that was 18. A year later, I get my clear and I was still only the 14th to get the clear. So there's still like wow. a massive gap with the amount of time wow. that it took just to get this clear. Yeah. Um, but I think with the information, like the information getting posted and just sharing in, people just watching, you know, just just getting more information, being able to jump mm-hmm. into it with all that information really helps. Because trying to do this without info is, is very hard. Um, yeah. Because there's just so much to absorb and so much to learn at the time. Even funny enough, like you know, like you're mentioning how like how much the community kind of takes it and takes it for their own. I mean, I think it was like two or three weeks, three or four weeks ago, we discovered this thing that we had never thought about before. How in Heaven on High, the last three floors, someone's just like, hey, did you guys notice that there's that we never get a no magicide debuff on like the last three floors? And everyone's like, wait, really? And everyone starts looking at all the VODs, and yeah, it seems like that's the case. And even in Palace, you don't get uh, no knockback on the last three. And that was just recent. Like, we mm. just, It's just something that you just never notice, and that allows you to kind of adjust your strategies yeah. for how to manage your bow managers, because that's important. You know, If you're getting to those last three to the final to the final finish line, how to manage what you're using can come into play. So... People are still discovering things up till now, and it's just so cool to, to just see that kind of evolve over time. For me, I love the parallel between, you know, challenging deep dungeon content and ultimates, because mm-hmm. similarly, it's about your timeline in the run. And of course, that's vastly expanded over ultimate, which is already long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the like the knowledge that you get, just like in raiding, you know, what is a dynamo? We know what a dynamo is or a chariot. 
but there's parlance for deep dungeons as well. The slime, the traps, the no magicite, you know what I mean? It's, it's cool to see the community latch onto this in a similar way that it must have been cool to see the first raids. I, I remember being there for EverQuest, right? The developers had no idea people would love raiding. They had no idea. Mm-hmm. And when it started to happen, me. they're like, holy crap. <laughs> the, the the commentary of uh, finding out things uh, uh-huh. far, far after people had already been clearing mm. made me actually uh, think of something similar to Charles. Uh, it's a very specific example, but we got through like a raid tier and a half before people were like, hey, when we get mechanics, a lot of times it's grouped with tanks, healers, and DPS, so we can completely change mm-hmm. our uh, strategies based yep. on this, and now people just look for that. Whereas through Coil, that wasn't a thing. No. Maybe it wasn't even in Coil, but mm-hmm. it's just cool that, that it's, it's everywhere. Those little, wait a minute, I see a pattern here. Mm. The mechanical design, I mean, across any kind of challenging content, it's just about how you kind of conceptualize it, right? Like, and I think there are many players who are endgame players or raiders, like you're both saying, that could really love digging into something like this especially you know when they're on break or they're waiting between whatever Mm -hmm. there's not a new ultimate or to give this a chance because i think it does test that similar kind of planning strategy all these sorts of things but i think a lot of times especially in mmos initially people will just kind of shoehorn themselves into one specific thing like all i do is raid or all i do is this or that and then sometimes they don't even realize like oh hey well actually (laughs) There's all these other challenges that would be adjacent to this that mm-hmm. I would love. Um, and it, it did, because we were talking about this, I wanted to bring it back to your first clear. So you were saying yeah. that you were 14th with Palace. Um, I don't know what ranking with Heaven on High, but that'd be cool to hear too. And um, I was curious, like, wh- how did that first clear go, at least mm-hmm. in either of them for you? Um, so I'll do it in order. So Heaven on High was, I was 6th or 7th on the, mm-hmm. uh, it took me a month to clear and I was going like every day, but the, a month is pretty fast considering, you know, three years after Palace. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a month in, it was just, but I was like swapping jobs at the time because I, I wasn't a hundred percent convinced that it was only Red Mage that can clear at the time, but you know, I was just trying to see how the jobs play and everything, but eventually I just stuck it to Red Mage and pushed it through. Um, and that clear was, that would, that was tough. I mean, I was just learning and just progressively everyone just trying to figure something that I could change to, to get better. And just, it was just keep like changing the, the strategy until something just worked. And then finally it did work for heaven on high. But with the progression of like palace of the dead, how before I was struggling in the, in the, in the late floors and then coming back to it after all the experience in heaven on high, um, that was just way smoother when I finally came back to it. Uh, like it was like six or eight months later after heaven on high, I went to palace. Um, and, and, and I mentioned this before, it's just the experience I got from Heaven High and the learning of how to handle certain enemies without power-ups and just the, the kiting and the healing and everything specifically on Red Mage just helped. It just, it just, it just helped the experience get, get, uh, get me up there way more consistently. I felt confident, too, mm. um, having to hit, like, like, I think I was hitting, like, one, 190, like, every single run back to back to back and it's like okay at some point i'm gonna get this yeah um and then eventually yeah we did so so that was pretty much how it went and it was really exciting because it was just a, a goal that i was chasing for so long um and uh yeah it was it was it was very satisfying and then i think i don't know i think it's shortly after that i was like okay let's just try it on other jobs after that so <laughs> yeah it's just yeah let's just go right back in but yeah it was a good times I'm curious when you when you go through and and try and tackle a deep dungeon solo like do you have runs where you go in with other people and you kind of like 
get the lay of the land and like you know take notes on how things react because it's it's the same just by yourself when you're doing solo right mm. so um so this might actually enter into into a later topic when you get into eo but basically mm -hmm. like how i did it was just on my own i mean i did do a, a climb in palace and i think i did one climb in heaven on high and like one or two climbs in palace where i took a whole team but mm. for me personally and this is totally subjective but i i think it's just better to uh, to learn the mechanics and how the enemies hit you like one on one. I mean, it, it mm, feels yeah. like it's not as genuine if you're with other people because you might miss things. Like uh, an example in Palace is that you have uh, I think two or three, I think two enemies that will do party mechanics, but they will not do them when you're solo. They just mm. don't do it. Oh, um, like the Gubus will do a pull in, like they'll pull you in. It was like similar to like the Lost City. Uh, dungeon right. where they pull you in, they eat you, but they don't do the eating part. But in a party, they'll pull you in and then they'll do some other mechanic, but they don't do that solo. Huh. And the Gravekeepers, the guys with the coffin hands, they'll mm -hmm. do like a AoE thingy, a uh, big gigantic light, but they don't do that solo either. So there are things that you will just not see or or mm. see if you're by yourself. And not to mention the Yun Mages, especially with Palace, where in a party, you're probably killing everything so fast that you're not going to know if something has a 30 second enrage or one minute enrage. And then you just all of a sudden figure that out. I mean, even the slimes, for instance, like, unless you're careless, like, you're probably not ever going to see that thing explode. But if you're solo, there's a more higher chance of it because you might just be taking a little bit longer to kill something. So. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I figured it was just all the same. But, but to hear that it's it, they react differently when in solo, that's really cool. It's it's a lot less in Heaven on High. You don't see that as much. Mm -hmm. um, like... Even the bosses, let's take uh, the fifty boss, the sixty bots in Heaven on High, which is which is uh, the the Skilla skin with, with ah. all the stabs and everything. Like in a party, the lines will just take and they'll like distribute between the party members. But in a solo, everything obviously goes to you. So there's like those kind of adjustments to, to the scaling, if you will. Well, not the scaling, but adjustments in the mechanics to how they mm -hmm. operate. But in Palace, is a little bit more. Um, and I, I am curious to see if if, if Eureka will have something like that, that they'll have stuff that'll adjust, like, without making it easier, but even harder for, for like, having less people or something like that. Right. Mm. Well, you were talking about clearing it that first time. Was your first job Red Mage? Yep, it was, yeah. well, at the time, it was just, everyone just thought yeah. it was just Red Mage. Um, yeah. It was just, it was almost silly to even consider the other ones. But again, you were chasing Impossible, so mm -hmm. Red Mage seemed like it had the best kit. Uh, healing, damage, tidying, everything, um, and even even thinking about reprogging on some other job, which is it, it seemed like a not I wouldn't necessarily say a waste of time, but it's like if you felt like Red Mage was going to do it, why try another job? Especially right. if you're just going for the title. Sure. Yeah. What was the second job you tried, and what ended up being your favorite? I, I want to say, I think it must have been Machinist that I tried second. Mm. Um, I know, like the second job that cleared that wasn't Red Mage was Bard in Heaven on High. Mm. Uh, and that was back in, I think that was back in uh, Stormblood. But yeah, I mean, I think Machinist really felt, uh, matched my style with kiting and everything. Mm -hmm. um, the tanks are good, but they're not so much, I don't really like kind of the one-on-one-ish as much. Mm -hmm. But they're very strong and very, very capable. So, Were you doing, as I try to think back on it, I don't think you were, <laughs> maybe you were? Were you doing Machinist for your GDQ run? Yeah, I was. You were, right? Okay, <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was seeing you run around the edges of rooms and do that little, like, flip move. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I think it was Machinist, I'm pretty it was, sure. It was an interesting, <laughs> the, the actual, like, category name of it, it was 
machinists. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> so long. The floors, and then it was uh, both hands on keyboard. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because that's just how you play, play with right. just. Keyboard? I do well. That's that's like that. That was my FF11 history that I just mm-hmm. played on both ends keyboard. Yeah. Um. Because the mouse sucked. Well, I didn't. I, and also, I didn't really use a mouse too much, just in general. Um. But yeah, it was both hands keyboard, and and at the time, I was just like. When I moved from 11 to 14, I was just wondering if I could just play the same way. And I basically was. I mean, it took a couple years to figure out how to adjust it because mm. like, there was new new things in 14 that I had to adjust to. But yeah, that was just my normal way. But I, I knew from like conversations with people and talking about it how that was such a weird way to play. <laughs> so that, that was part of like the advertisement a little bit to, to get the category yeah. in. You know? It's like, I'm not yeah. using a mouse. It's not very common, so mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. That is a thing already in GDQ is like one hand only run or yeah. something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, yeah. and it depends on the game, too. I mean, there's so many different categories for even just like one game. You know, one game will be, okay, mm-hmm. you have all these categories, but then you have glitchless or 100% or any percent. Like, it's really cool to see, uh, especially just watching GDQ. Like, just for a week, you just get to see all these different kind of, of you know, play styles, runs yeah. for and play styles. Yeah. I think I think what helped was they kind of eased up on the requirements. I mean, one of the reasons why I even tried to submit for the one recent was because they they had like just they put something in there like a, I don't know if that was there before, but it was just basically like you didn't have to beat the game as a requirement, which was I think one of the requirements uh-huh. they did have for yeah. lots of games mm. um, that you had to go from beginning to end no credits or something. So I'm like, okay, well I'm not beating the game, so let's just give this a shot. And and yeah, they were possible. opening, they were they were more open to the idea of like skill challenges and and stuff like that, where it's just a high level of gameplay as opposed to you know necessarily fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that probably helped a little bit that they that they eased up on that kind yeah. of just strictly going fast in the game, if you will. I think I think yeah. it also helps that a lot of the GDQ staff like fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them do. They whenever do. Yeah, whenever yeah. there's a couch segment, at least one of them is like wearing a fourteen shirt. I feel. Oh like. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was great to talk to some of them because they were really like excited to see 14 just like talking about it and it was so funny i think talking with some of the staff that they were talking to me like like it, precisely how like if i were to talk to you guys about 14 like they were concerned yeah. about like the server is like i think the day of they were having some of the server issues like people were getting logged out and oh, one no. of the staff members was like logged into the game it's like hey you okay in game like i just got kicked out i got a 90k and everything i'm like just checking in i'm like yeah, it's good so far you know so it was, awesome. it was pretty fun that's great Super cool. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we were going to ask about big, big moments. Like that was the end of that, but we're kind of in GDQ now. I, I guess GDQ has got to be one of those, right? Like one of those huge moments. (laughs) That's that's like, that's like way up there already. Like forget it. Like not, I've never come close to to like a moment like that for sure. Um, But that was huge. Um, Yeah. That and, and I, I think like if anything, the next, the the second one that I could definitely remember uh, probably getting, at least a personal one was probably getting the astrology clear uh, back mm. in December because that was I was chasing that for like literally six months. Um, <laughs> oh wow! And I think uh, one of the big ones, at least on stream, was when I was like going for like a world first for for Reaper when uh, early access came out for Endwalker because mm. I was just there's just a lot of people. I was surprised with the amount of people that was just checking it out and and seeing that run when when the service opened. So that was that was a yeah. lot of fun too. Well, I mean, Reaper, I almost feel like, funnily enough, even sparked an interest in so many people to try Solo Dungeon to get the Necromancer title. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because they wanted the aesthetic and the match. So I could see immediately how even people who, you know, maybe had never thought about it before, 
they were not only curious about like watching somebody incredibly proficient, you know, work through these classes and how you would use them in a specific kind of content, but also going like, can I get the necromancer title? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you, do you Reaper? remember? Okay, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, well, um, Reaper was interesting because that was also when the stats squish happened. Mm -hmm. So aside from mm -hmm. actually learning the job, we had to also see what the adjustments were, if it was for the better or worse. Thankfully, it was all, like, more or less, it's like, it was okay. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then it was also surprising how strong the job ended up being. Like, it was a really good job to, to try to solo. So, um, but mm -hmm. yeah, for sure, that hype was there to, to match the, the Reaper and the Necromancer. It's, it's pretty funny to see that. Having, having done all the runs that you've done now, um, obviously, Red Mage was your first. Is there a job that you feel like is better or easier to run on? Um... <clears throat> That's always such a fun question. Yeah. Um, it's see for me, I've always suggested that if it if it's phrased exactly how you asked me that, like if it's easier or harder, I always say you gotta just try it. Especially if you're the first time, you just gotta try the job that you're good on. Because sometimes mm -hmm. the the job that you're really good on could actually be the best one, no matter what it says on paper. Like there are objectively better jobs. Just like if you just look it on paper, right? I mean, if you compare like Astro to like Machinist, I mean, that's just not even the question. Like, obviously, Machinist can be much better. But mm -hmm. I we've had some debates about in, in specifically pallets about uh, Machinist and Warrior, where uh, you're getting a lot of people getting Warrior clears. You're still getting people a lot of uh, a lot of people getting Machinist clears. But those two jobs play very differently. Obviously, mm -hmm. one's cutting, one's not. Um, but what you can do on each job is very fascinating. Um, Machine is just a powerhouse. Warrior just has all the self healing and can mm -hmm. just tank everything and do a lot of lot of interesting plays. So it really comes down to like, what is your playstyle? Like, do you like tanking? Do you like kiting? And then going from there, then you can branch out to to pick the job that that suits you best. Um, but it's been so much fun seeing people like pick some job that we may not recommend and sticking with it and still getting the title because because that mm -hmm. that's just really cool. Like, okay, maybe it takes you longer or maybe it didn't take you longer. I don't know. Um, but not to feel like you're you're kind of hard stuck because everyone says do this one job because mm -hmm. we don't tell it to you. So I mean, I, like like Machinist is the popular one in Palace, but I've talked to so many people who just can't play the job, whether they don't want to, whether they can't, whatever the reason. <laughs> yeah. And you can't you feel That's bad right. when just like yeah, just just do that job. It's like oh, I don't, I don't want to do that job. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it adds so. to the challenge, right? Too right. If you pick a job that may not be the best for it, it just makes it maybe a little bit harder. Yeah, maybe a yeah, bit fun. and. Exactly, and and also it's a solo challenge. So honestly, like, who cares what anyone else thinks? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. It's Just for do you. whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that uh, kind of leads us back into GDQ. So, was GDQ your first experience with like official speedrunning? Yeah. Um, it was funny because I kind of set a goal for myself to to try to get on that show at somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. um, I had never done any speedruns at all of anything, any games or whatever. Not not in a, an official capacity, mm -hmm. right? Like not. So if we if we're talking official capacity, I'm saying like submitting something to like yeah. speedrun.com because speedrun.com yeah. is really where you kind of put it put, put everything up there officially. Um, so like I had I had started with Stranger Paradise because that game was fun, so I tried to do that, <laughs> and I was doing like pretty good. The community was like super small, but it was a lot of fun. And then I went to Stray because that was interesting. It was a new game. I figured Yay. that'd be a fun game to try out, and that was that was a huge difference from Strangers because there was so many people trying to do that game. Mm. And I figured that would that would be like my method of doing it: pick a game, try to speedrun it, and then see if I get in. But then for AGDQ, I'm like, oh, let me just submit Stray and Palace and see what happens. And, 
they picked Palace and they thought it was a good a good show for them. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'll do the, the thing that I'm actually good on. So <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really interesting. I follow a few speedrunners, and it's really interesting. Like when a new game comes out, to see how the speedrun community kind of like accepts it and like molds the categories and stuff. Because when a game comes mm-hmm. out, there are no categories. <laughs> like they yeah, have yeah. to decide what the categories are going to be, and then. Even as they start to figure that out, they're still finding, you know, new new things. Um, I mean, you know, like we were talking about earlier, finding out about the last three floors and and certain effects and stuff. Like, there's mm-hmm. always going to be more discovery, yeah. um, and this is it's really fascinating to see kind of that whole process when when something comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And and someone who's super fresh into the idea and seeing the communities. I mean, seeing that with say Stray, how they had to adjust and listen to people and all the all yeah. the people trying to do that and you know, make the rules and everything, but that's all community run, you know, that, that there's mm-hmm. no like governing body. It's just all up to the community and their moderators to figure all that out and sort it out and then make it so that they can make it officialized, present it, all that stuff. So absolutely. And it's interesting, like, like here with, with, with Deep Dungeon, <clears throat> there's more people that are pushing like one to 100 speed runs in heaven on high mm-hmm. or some type of other categories. And it, it's honestly just community just thinking, oh, this, you know what, this might sound like a cool idea. Let's just give yeah. this a shot. And then, if it latches on, you get a lot of people. Then okay, you probably have something. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty cool to see that all evolve, even up till now, up to present day. Yeah, I mean, especially. I, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say, especially in MMOs, because MMO yes. RPGs, there is challenge, right? Yeah. There, there is a a huge range of content, and I think one of the big things, even going back to when MMOs really started to become categories on like Twitch and things, right? I remember when I started streaming, my partner was, I mean, I was streaming Overwatch for a while, right? Mm -hmm. But then my partner was like, oh, you want to stream an MMO? I mean, I don't know if anybody will really want to watch that, but like you can. (laughs) And and of course, I mean, they were still totally supportive, you know, and they were Mm -hmm. like, ultimately do whatever you want and what makes you happy. And I was like, I think this is it. But we have seen, I think, this discussion shift, we saw the same thing in Guild Wars 2. Initially, Guild Wars tr- uh, 2 tried really hard to get into the professional esports yeah. scene with their PvP casting. And they had a whole league and everything. They were doing, um, you know, international competitions. And over time, as it kind of, you know, showed that at least in MMOs, that maybe didn't have the same drive as in things like StarCraft or League of Legends, that fell off. And yet now, here we are again, seeing how many people play these games, even behind the scenes of these events, seeing how many people have started to develop even things in like, wow, to stuff like the Race to World First broadcast, which now we're getting in 14 as well in other areas. It makes sense that the player base would want to distill a component of an MMO Mm -hmm. into something like speedrunning. And yet, it has always been difficult in MMOs because when you look at a lot of the content, I think divvying up those categories is right. kind of difficult. Like, how do we quantify this? Okay, you run through all the expansions as fast as possible, right. but like theoretically, yeah. you shouldn't be able to do glitches that like catapult you through space to the last expansion. <laughs> and like, I bought, okay, I bought a story <laughs> skip. I win. <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to figure out. Okay, maybe that it's dungeons. Oh, but wait, mm-hmm. in dungeons now we have these other limits. We have level caps. We have um, you can only pull up to a certain point. We have these sorts of things. And so palette was brilliant that you submitted it and that this has become something that has started to form around the community because it is maybe one of the few-ish pieces of content. Maybe you, I mean, can even speak more to this range, but it's one of the few-ish pieces of content that I can think of in an MMO right now that lends itself to something like that 
so well in a way that isn't as limiting or restrictive when you are trying to, you know, create a stable game for everyone that all around the world people can play. I mean, of course, I think you could do like speed clears of fights and, you know, but it's, it's interesting. I feel like this was such a good pick. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, I'm sure you guys have probably tried to do Dungeons Unsynced, but it always mm-hmm. fascinated me how at the end of those dungeons, you get a time, right? You get a time yeah. that shows you how long it takes. Like, I've always like, why don't that go into like a leaderboard or something? That would be kind of cool. Should, yeah. Um, but but yeah, for, for Deep Dungeon, I think even though there's no time, well, I mean, there is actually, I mean, you are chasing a clock, right? Yeah. You can't time out. But I think the probably with with speedruns and categories i think there's a lot of <clears throat> allure to the idea of like roguelikes you know those type of games that 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 is what deep dungeon kind of provides you that you're getting something that is ever changing that every run mm-hmm. is not going to be the same so there is that challenge of like just kind of dealing with what the game gives you kind of thing and i think with with the mmo in general i think the the dynamic that you have is that it, it's also ever changing with patches right from expansion right. to expansion patch to patch jobs will shift and once job shifts i mean the whole run could could adjust it could become mm-hmm. harder it could be easier i mean even with machinists i was you know slightly seeing how the patch was going to happen to see what kind of changes mm-hmm. they did just to, just if i had to make some type of adjustment yeah. to whatever i was doing but those are the that's what makes it fun honestly so you could you could revisit and i think that's why a lot of people are entering especially palace and, and heaven on high feeling like it's fresh content to them because it's still it's still relevant to some to some extent and with all the changes mm-hmm. that happen with the jobs they feel like it's brand new to them even though it's been in the game for six years you know that that should not really be the case that people shouldn't be as excited as you know <clears throat> instead of doing like you know the savage right now the savage you know that that's that's fresh but they're excited because it's it's brand new to them it's a new challenge for them and there's the big time investment and in everything so yeah for sure i kind of miss in in 1.0 when you went through a dungeon, if you went through fast enough, you got extra chests. Time chests, I, yep. Time chests. Yeah. I wish I wish we still had something like that. And actually, we're kind of seeing a similar thing more recently where, like, for example, in the latest dungeon, in that second fight, the the better, not necessarily faster, but the better you clear that fight, they give you a rank. Or, like, in... Um, a little verbal... Or, you Zadnor, know, the whole the whole Boja stuff. Yeah, in the, in the big Boja. dungeons. You, you screw up two times and you're dead. So yeah. they're they're giving us a ranking. It's not exactly a speed thing, but they're like, "Hey, don't mess up, don't mess yeah, yeah, up." Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. I kind of like those little things. It's always things. interesting to see, you know, again, kind of coming back to like that idea of like what the developer intends versus like what the community turns it mm-hmm. into. Um, you know, I mean, back you know a few fan fests ago, you know, they had. The, the big feast thing they had jerseys and everything and then you yeah. know for a little while everyone's like oh man square enix is gonna do feast esports and that never really took off because of the way mm-hmm. pvp was in the game or you know you have you have uh gosh what was the the name of the umbrella core uh it was a resident evil pvp game oh sure yeah built oh off of, like unity it was awful and yeah, yeah it was awful and it was like it was dead on release and they, they were like yeah it's gonna be esports and it's gonna be awesome and it's just mm, no yeah so i'm really, well, I think... I'm yeah. really oh, no, curious I say... to see how mm-hmm. um you know with the community you know coming in now uh with heaven on high with deep dungeon um how much of this they're looking at um you know and and what they're considering you know for eureka orthos that'll be coming right. up soon if they're going you know obviously we'll have the leaderboard um but i'm yep. i'm curious yeah. if they're they're planning anything else or if they're planning on listing other things on the leaderboard um yeah i mean i think we have been 
we're, we're entering an age, right, that the idea of who would want to watch an MMO, I think it turns out the answer is so many people. A lot of people. Right? Oh, yeah. right? And even if esports, as it was initially conceptualized, or speedrunning, as it was initially conceptualized, um, maybe, like we were just saying, right, it didn't cover all the categories, mm -hmm. or it didn't have all this nuance. Over time, that evolves. And I think even the way we see the games respond to the idea of free advertising and a giant audience that's eager to consume anything you anything adjacent to your game, be it official or not. I mean, the amount of tournaments we've seen popping up for Crystalline Conflict, the official yeah. ones they've been yeah. running, yeah. Um, the power of things like the World Race, all this stuff where games, I think, are becoming much more conscious of this and also realizing that that kind of audience, that kind of production, these sorts of events like, um, you know, Games Done Quick can be much bigger than was initially conceived yeah. of and can have a wider variety. And the audience is there. It's just figuring out how to do that. And even with Ultimate recently, we've had so many conversations about the spectacle of Ultimate mm -hmm. and yep. how like that knowledge, how much of that affects the way these fights are designed or, you know, these gimmicks or these reveals. And I can only imagine, especially with your run recently, that it had to have recontextualized it in many ways, even for Square Enix, who might have known this was happening but then right. suddenly went oh wait hold on this is on games done quick oh <laughs> yeah i i have no doubt they saw it i mean <laughs> final fantasy 14 has actually been a sponsor of of gdq yeah. in the past so i, yeah. I have mm -hmm. no doubt that they at least were aware that <laughs> yeah. that it was very much a thing i mean and it was it's it's so interesting too like i think you know we talked about crystal and conflict and how there's been um player run uh you know cups and stuff like that and i think it's important for especially like this time around for square enix to kind of put this new pvp mode out there see how we react and then they say okay they love it they're doing their own stuff let's do some official things i think mm -hmm. that was a really good way to to kind of approach it this time around um and i had another point i was working towards and i completely forgot what it was <laughs> Well, I think I think what's interesting with with like talk of the world race and all that stuff. I mean, you know, with 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 how Frosty was handling mm -hmm. all that all that stuff with the community and trying to get everyone together so that we can report the news. I mean, one of the things like you mentioned the leaderboard on uh, for Deep Dungeon. I mean, that's that is just sitting there where that'll be like the tracker for the world race for for EO. We don't have to have anyone do anything. It just automatically uploads. It has a date, it has a time, it has the floors. So you know, like they have a system that could that could do something like that, mm. where it can track people when they get the clear. It updates every single day. It could be something for it. Maybe they use for it. I don't know. Maybe, but systems there. It is. It is for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I guess to bring us back to specifically your run with yeah. games mm -hmm. quick. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about submitting, right? The runs that you were like, oh, hey, well, maybe I'll submit these. And you had to go through that process and uh, see what would get approved and then obviously work with them to sort of realize how that would fit into their programming. But were there any other extra preparation steps? So how did you kind of get ready for the event mm -hmm. and the run that you were going to do? So it's interesting. So I guess I'll start at the run itself where we had we had some of the issues with the frame drops and everything, but mm -hmm. um, we actually had a whole tech check to check the system, to check the audio and everything. So we did like the proper, everyone did the proper thing to, to make sure that it was supposed to work, but it was just kind of the, I guess the weird oddity of actually being in the instance that had some issues. But yeah, it was their, their back end and, and getting everything set was such, so, so professional. Like everything was so set on a schedule. Like they, they did the call outs to do like a, like a social media thingy and they made mm -hmm. sure everyone was doing all the tech checks and then they had everyone getting the schedules and all that stuff and warning everyone if they were going to 
you know, what time they're going in. I had, I had constant communication with, with certain staff members, even the host that I had sent me a DM. He wanted to get on a call to just like level out with some certain details about how to do the doing. So it was, it was very well done, very well run. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, that whole process was fantastic. And even 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 when we were having some of the issues during the actual run, I mean, they were trying to help me out as quickly as possible. And it was tough because I can't pause the game. So, but, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, MMOs, just, just trying man. to, yeah, MMOs, you know, can't pause the game. Um, but yeah, just 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 kind of the calm of, of them trying to be like, okay, try this, put this in, okay, go live, do this thing, do that. like. So it was it was really cool to see all that kind of everyone staying calm, just making sure mm. that they resolve the problem until we finally had that solution. So. It was good. It was it was a great experience overall, and then I just had to just kind of do my thing and everything. So, how did that go from your perspective? Like, chat was hype. Like, could you feel that like the whole time? No. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is because I consciously decided not to look at chat. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. that makes sense. So I I figured I wasn't gonna keep up. Like, I usually read yeah. my chat when I go in, but I figured let me. I had like I wanted to like get in a lot of like information as much as I can, so I was just not mm-hmm. looking at chat. I saw it after, like I, I, like I, I know what you're talking about because I looked at the bot after, yeah. but not during the run. No, I, nothing. I was just, I was just focusing on just yeah. getting it done, you know. So, and I think more so once I had like my brain was getting all like weirded out with all the all the stop and goes, like it was just mm-hmm. getting a little mushy. So it's just just trying to get make sure I get to the the end and everything kind of survives at, at right. that point. Yeah, that that actually reminds me of the point I was gonna go towards mm. earlier, talking about like community and adopting the thing. Um, I wanted to say it was it was so cool once the the run was getting ready to start, um, just watching the chat because yeah. it's like there's so many of us from the Final Fantasy 14 community like noticing each other in the chat. We're all like, oh hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> Waving at each other, it was. We're it was all really here. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cute to see people come in and go fourteen on GDQ, and yeah. everybody like they had just discovered it and they got so excited. It was, it was it was one of the most wholesome like GDQ chats I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> well, even in game was insane because I mean I tried to put out the call of, like being, telling people like oh I'm going to be here at the beginning I'm going to be here at the end but seeing all the people especially in the beginning of the run sitting on that one seventy. Yeah. One yeah, right that, I was surprised Never. to see so many people that just waiting in that little instance I was, area. I was surprised. I mean, I would have, I would have expected, you know, some, someone like the deep dungeon community, usual guys, yeah. to like basically do this on a daily basis. But to see all those people in that zone, like it was just insane to see how many like actually made the attempt to just chill and and wait there. And then at the end to see all the people out there too, which is was wild. I mean, that's that's cool. That that's kind of where the the awesome part of the community comes in, right? They're just there mm-hmm. to just hang around to be part of the moment. Um, so that was really cool to see. I mean, mm. for all the issues that you had with the tech stuff, yeah. I was saying this even before we went live, but I mean, it's, it's just the truth. The whole chat, but also me personally, I think all of us were so impressed because, I mean, obviously you stream this, you're used to, you know, yeah. dealing with technology, you're used to being a content creator, but there's always that moment in, in the moment when you're live, especially for something big like this, and you're just going, okay, I have no option but to just keep going, so I'm just going to do what they tell me to do. But with all of that said, you would never have noticed it. I mean, you were talking through it in such a way that I was watching and I have gotten... I've got, I was like, what have I done in the detail? <laughs> I have gotten my full clear of heaven on high with a group. Yeah. And I've made it to the final floors of Palace. I don't know if we actually finished finished, though, now that I think about it. And I want to go back and finish that. But mm-hmm. even so, watching you go through it, I was like, I could do this. I could see <laughs> What do we do now, Behemoth? Tell me about it. Okay. Easy, yeah. yeah. Succubus? Yeah, it's exactly. This moment? Great. I, I, I also <laughs> had similar feelings. I was like, yeah. 
yeah, I should do this. <laughs> it's that aspirational content in MMOs, yeah. like like raiding, ultimate, deep dungeon, all these different channels for this outlet. It's it's so great to see it, and I'm I'm so glad that it was so you know signal blasted recently. I think, I think it comes back to you know what we were talking about earlier, right? It's that idea of once people start doing it yes you see yeah. it and you go oh yeah okay that's i could do that like you know i have to do it yeah. once obviously like it takes it takes time to practice and every right but like you, oh, can, I know. Anyone, you know people can do it but and i think that's really it's the, cool it's the benefit yeah. of having somebody that is calm collected confident and experienced in it you know what i mean yes. because anything is terrifying if you're just going through it and you've died 50 times and you have no <laughs> idea why but if somebody is sitting there and like you were doing it's going okay well this is this enemy type so we have to get out we have to kill them within 10 seconds so here we are one <laughs> second left one second left got him all right and now we're getting <laughs> i mean it breaks it down in a way mm -hmm. your play-by-plays in that were so well done for being the person operating it that yeah. i really i would not be surprised if it has smoothed the the idea of doing it yeah. even to a lot of people who before would have never thought about it and i mean for anybody who's listening who's just hearing about this go just watch angela's stream like <laughs> yes. you'll get this every single time i mean just go but it's something where i think a lot of people might think it's something they would never do or that they'd have no interest in it but then to see somebody doing it and despite tech issues and everything else mm -hmm. just going for it it was so awesome like i, I said I, oh you go ahead I think I think one of the funniest things that I've seen over time in the community has been you get people that that finally step into it. Right, getting into it is the hard part. When you finally mm -hmm. step in, you sort of get to like past fifty or past one hundred. Um, we always joke that that you know you got struck by by the addiction of the of the content. But <laughs> most of the people they they're there. The, okay, I'm gonna get this title. I'm gonna get lone hero. I wanna get lone ne uh, necromancer and everything. And the very next thing, the once they get the title, they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go back in tomorrow. I'm gonna try another job." <laughs> yeah, like you think like the, the end game was the title? No, they just they, it's like it's like they built this knowledge base and they just want to keep using that knowledge mm -hmm. base. Like I would say that's like ninety percent of people, honestly. Barely do I see someone like do the do the do the content like jet and like be like, I'll see you in in, in Eureka Orthos or something like that. So it's really yeah. interesting to see that like you know once you really get into it, you you kind of go for those the the time you put the time investment. You're like, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what this this content's actually kind of cool to, to keep doing. You know whenever I can. You know, speaking of Eureka Orthos, how hype are you? <laughs> very 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 <laughs> hyped about that. It's been a long time waiting for for something new to happen. Right. So five years something five like four and a half years so yeah so we but. so we talked a little bit about you know palace of the dead into heaven on high right like you know what they learned from that we talked a little bit about that but what do you hope they learned going into this one what do you what do you want to see what do you not want to see uh i guess what i don't want to see is it being cleared so quickly so mm. Like I think okay. a party's gonna get done with it fast. I, oh it, sure. It's a little it's a little interesting watching some some of the community doing these interesting challenge runs to get ready for this thing. Like there are people in the community that are gonna take this very seriously in a light party. Yeah. We just had someone do it where they tried to climb without using any bowlanders. We had people Ooh, try to climb wow. with zero arm and armor in heaven on high. Like they nuked it completely and then tried to Ooh. climb. Um, so it's going to be like very fascinating to see who kind of what whose plan is going to work the best to, to get up there on top. But yeah, that's that's I think the only thing I wouldn't want to see is that it gets it gets beaten up so quickly with kind of mm -hmm. the amount of time we put in the knowledge base that we get in. Um, I mean, 
the thing that they've mentioned about kind of the bosses being more like bosses is definitely one that I would be very excited to see. Cause right. Some people kind of get get a little sleepy on the on the heaven on high bosses, like I'm like even for solo, kind of just very repetitive, very very right. simplistic. So seeing the first boss that they showed on on the live stream was was really nice. So kind of hoping that they will get more uh, of that complexity because one of my one of my favorite parts solo content in 14 is the is the boja jewels they were great um trying yeah. to do mm -hmm. the full run of that not not trying to do it like the speed run way but doing it like the you know beginning to end all the all the mechanics they were really nice mechanics so something similar to that added in in some facet would be fantastic in, in the new one mm. yeah so you were saying that people are out there preparing for it already so if someone was new, like just brand new, and I'm like, okay, I want to get in on Eureka Ortho, what do, what do you recommend? Um, I mean, how I'm gonna do it is yeah. it's I'm I'm taking in a, a a light party for now, so we're gonna build the arm and armor because that's gonna be fresh. Uh, yeah. trying to get a little bit of postures probably for the for the regen potions, but then I'm gonna start solving from the from from that point once I'm set to go. But I mean, for like new people, it, it's kind of a little bit similar. You know, you want to get the base of getting some of the regeneration potions ready to go, some of the arm and armor, you don't have to go to 99 or the cap, but you can get pretty high. Like I always been saying like 60, 70, even for Palace and Heaven on High, say like 60, 70, um, to get that ready. And then and then from there, just to just dive in after that, you know, whether you go in, see it with, with a bunch of people or just do it on your own, um, that's the best way. Because really it's, it's just going to be knowledge building. You just have to learn what's there. Mm -hmm. And then that's what all of us are going to do. It's going to be yeah. kind of no different. Um, so just get the knowledge in, record it all, and then just try to remember it on each each consecutive run. And and so, honestly, do probably heaven on high. It's probably the best because that's going to mm. be the most adjacent to Eric Orthos. You know, try to go in there, see what you can do in there, and the stuff will carry over. We mentioned that earlier. Like the knowledge will carry over. So getting it now will help you into the into the new one. So if someone's you know following you, will they be able to find all this like information? I'm sure there's a bunch of discords and like spreadsheets everywhere. Um, well, the current information we have definitely is on my Discord. Yeah. Uh, we're also very slowly getting stuff on to, to Icy Veins. So it's more oh, of a, nice, public, yeah. okay. a public website for people to do that. And we're slowly, slowly getting things up on there. But yeah, the channel, the Discord there, uh, that's where you can definitely get the information. Um, I would say for you, Eureka Orthos, we'll kind of do the same. Probably get it a little bit faster on, yeah. on Icy Veins because we'll, we'll be able to, we have that connection now. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. Is there anything that you hope they don't bring into Orthos from Heaven on High, with that being our most recent. And you were talking about how they added in certain things that maybe like added in a sense of ease or convenience. Is there mm -hmm. anything within that or, you know, that you're kind of going, well, I hope we get this kind of return to challenge or we don't get this or we get something mm -hmm. in its place or. Um, so between the two that we have now, Palace and Heaven on High, Palace kind of categorized, aside from leaving like Behemoth out, leaving the two yeah. floors out, um, you have more aggro potential. You have the enemies are hitting you not as hard. Heaven on high, you have the shorter, but then the enemies are a little bit rougher, they're a little bit more uh, more difficult. But the aggro is a little bit more chill. You know, I would say like kind of like just mixing that together would be great. I mean, just making it you know the enemies harder, maybe mechanically a little bit more challenging, a little bit more unique would be great. Um, I would just kind of again, I would just kind of hate if they just tone it down when mm -hmm. you know for, since like heaven on high obviously people have been pushing that content like straight to its like limit and beyond so that like honestly that's really the only thing i would i would not like to see is that i mean there is some things we've joked about like how 
you know, they removed uh, accuracy a long time ago, but blind <laughs> is still a thing in, in Detention. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember asking him, like, so so who believes that blind isn't going to be in Yuriko with us? Like, no one, no one believes that. Everyone yeah. believes blind is going to be in there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so, and then you have enemies that, that are, like, mainstays that are always kill people, like Chimeras, which is the, the main killers of everyone. And I would be sad if they're not in there. Like, they probably will be in, in Eureka. So stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of, I guess, like, <clears throat> evil in the sense that I would rather it be, like, ridiculously hard. Yeah. Everyone's just suffering <laughs> for, like, weeks and months, you know? Like, I'll be fine the with that. The point is the challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they put in a... I mean, the savage mode is technically doing the extended floors and mm -hmm. doing it solo. But if they were to add some kind of additional difficulty modifier set for, I mean, I guess you could do it for either solo runs mm -hmm. or, you know, for um, for group where you could add those modifiers in as a part of the actual mechanics of the game, not just a challenge you set for yourself. Is that something you would be interested in? Absolutely, yeah. I would love to. I mean, mm -hmm. we're. I mean, right now we're clearing the other the other two deep dungeons. Where like the the top runners are clearing them. Like just every run, you go in, you clear. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's where we're at right now. But that's all knowledge. Like that, mm -hmm. the the using the commanders, how to use them, how to manage them, uh, what all the enemies do. I mean, if you know what everything is coming at you, there's not much to be surprised about. So you are getting some consistencies with the clear. So being able to challenge that consistency in some fashion, that would be kind of fun. I would I would definitely would love that to see that. Yeah, I think it'd be cool too, and and I know I, I've had this thought a few times. I just haven't brought it up yet. I think it'd be really cool to see. In addition to those titles, I think there should be like framers kits now too for solo. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. That's been this one. Be, like this, this. Would be, this would be such a good patch, right? <laughs> when we get Eureka Orthos to go back yeah. and add one for Heaven on High and add one for yeah. for Palace of the Dead. I think oh, that'd be, it'd so be cool. great. Yeah. yeah, I would yeah. love that, especially for yeah. for the solo titles, etc. Mm -hmm. Like you were mm -hmm. saying, like your background would be a perfect one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many cool elements, you know, like the 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 little uh, the tower with the, the eyeball or the glass pumpkin thing. Yeah. Or there's so many like yeah. things that they could do with the the, the framers kits. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be so cool. I, I think, think we I think did. That's it. I think such a, it was. I mean, such a great time. Like, <laughs> I'm coming out of this now. Like, I'm like, hey, you guys want to like make a Eureka <laughs> static? Like, <laughs> I want more of us. Guys, what do we talk about on Aetherite Radio this week? I don't know. Let's just do Orthos. I just, I just want to do Deep Dungeon. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Again, Angel, thank you so much for, for talking yeah. with us. It was, it was such a thank blast. Thank you for having um, me. Where, yes. where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am usually streaming on Twitch. Uh, I usually put a lot of those videos onto my YouTube channel, which is where a lot of like people who just can't happen to get the, to the Twitch stream, they watch it over there. Um, I have I have stuff on TikTok and the Discord and everything, mm -hmm. so you can find all that. If 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 whatever is left, I do have it on my Twitch uh, about us stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's where yep. you can find me. We got it in the chat. We'll have it also in the episode description. So make sure to go check that out and follow Angelus Perfect. for all the deep dungeon stuff. <coughs> yeah. If you want to follow me on the internet, uh, you can do that Twitter and Twitch Raffledurg uh, YouTube Raffledurg X Zen. Where can they find you? Sinidra underscore eight is my Twitter. I don't do things on Twitch. That's a lie. I do. It's plus the word. <laughs> one the number shot the word. That one has underscores between those numbers and words. That's a mm -hmm. D&D slash tabletop RPG podcast I do with my lovely friend Aldino and some of our other crazy bros and gals. Um, tonight we have a show at 10 p.m. Eastern. It's D&Diablo and I'm going to talk like this the whole time. It's going to be great. <laughs> 
Uh, Aldino, where can people find you online? Here and only here. And Twitter. And plus one shot. I'm not going to do it. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we all know. Uh, we all know. <laughs> we all know. Plus the word. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And one, like I say, all the time, one day we'll be back to playing D&D on this podcast. One day. We'll do it. We'll do it. One day, very one soon. Day. And Rook? Yep, you can find me on Twitch at Rookery. That's R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me on YouTube at the same and on Twitter at Rookery underscore. That's it. Those are the places. All right. And if you want to contact us here just in general for the show, you can email us at Radio at GamerEscape.com or tweet at us at Aetherite Radio. You can also find us as GamerEscape on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Discord. Discord.gg slash GamerEscape. We have an Aetherite Radio channel on there. We've got a Final Fantasy fourteen channel. All sorts of stuff to talk about. If you if you want to voice your thoughts about Ant Man, we have an MCU yep. channel. That's and a thing or the that came Wasp. Out. And or yep. the Wasp and or Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever. We have we have is all that sorts out? Of... What do you mean is that out? <laughs> I gotta go. I've been under a rock. <laughs> oh, I am disappointed. I am so disappointed uh, right now. Oh listen, my gosh. This this Tuesday this Tuesday was, was Valentine's Day, so my normal movie paying attentionness was taken over by delicious food and getting real yeah. drunk. That's fair. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> oh yeah, and love I guess. Oh yeah, Whatever. and love. Whatever the holiday is about, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is gonna do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, and if you're watching live, go check out Fish Fest. Fish Fest is going on. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. with Fruity right. last oh. week. So uh, go and check that out, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.